0: You're listening to Podcateers.
1: Welcome to episode 452 of Podcateers. This week we talk eagles flying into a superb owl but losing out to some pretty decent barbecue. Disney debuts a commercial for the Disney 100 celebration and to also help us kick off March Mayhem. Well, at least that's the way that we see it. Michael Keaton is Batman again. We discussed the recent investors call where Disney announced 7,000 layoffs and being open to selling Hulu. New animated sequels were announced. We talked about films that we would like to see sequels for. And, of course, our Disney history series Great Moments with Mr. Andrew continues. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook. But we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podketeers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podketeers gear, additional content like the Podketeers After Show, and access to our happy hour calls just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcuteers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So it's time to get this episode going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 452 of Podcateers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember it? I, I don't know if anybody yeah. ever listened to bad. like 90s hip hop. Uh huh. But almost Apparently every song started understand. with it. Like, yes almost every song started with a yeah uh-huh or like some kind of like scream from whoever was like part of the song for some reason like that was like super mm-hmm. popular i feel like, like the beastie gonna... boys are it's like yeah, this is my name. yeah <laughs> there you go nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yes um, but i mean i, I feel like now I want to incorporate that into each episode just be like, yeah, podketeers. <laughs> Woohoo! Coming at Ah-ha. ya. Woo. Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio. Yeah, woo! There you go.
2: <laughs> That's all the squad keteers. I'm bringing that back. Squad keteers. <laughs> Whichever They're one. The works. We're the They're the squad keteers. We're the podketeers. They're the squad keteers, right people? This is for all the squad keteers out there. You're the squad keteers, right? Yeah. See, they said it. Oh, did they? They I... said they're the squad keteers. You, yeah. You just have to listen. Oh, I, with I, ears. I. I might be a little
1: too far. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> no. a listen too far with your ears.
2: Good. Hey, Zen.
1: Yeah, listen with your ears. Woo. <laughs> wiggity wiggity what? <laughs> anyway. I guess congratulations are in order to the superb Owl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, because they you did the sporting. They they did it. They uh, they did the ball-throwing thing and the running thing, and they got the giant owl. The the plays, and they got the giant owl. That is superb. Yeah,
0: before it flew away.
1: Before it flew away. You want to know a fun fact? I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but – uh, y'all know I'm not a huge like professional football fan. Like football to me can get boring because they play for like three seconds and then they stop for like four minutes and then they play for three seconds and stop for 17 minutes. So if I That's ever accurate. watch football, <laughs> yeah, like if I ever watch football, I I prefer watching college football because I feel like there's less stopping and there's more action to it. Uh, and when – originally when vince mcmahon you know creator of wrestling and wwe and stuff created the xfl i kind of enjoyed that a little bit more just because it felt like it was more high paced and now you know dj the rock the Dwayne johnson has you know the xfl he bought it from vince mcmahon and i'm hoping that it's going to be a little more exciting but you know growing up i didn't have a football team like a lot of my friends did And I listened to K-Rock in Southern California, and one of the uh, personalities on K-Rock was Ralph Garman. And Ralph was from Philly, and he's a huge Eagles fan. At the time I thought, you know, he was funny and you know, I liked him as an on air personality. And so at the time I decided I'm just gonna adopt the Eagles as my mm-hmm. as my football team of choice. And so, you know, he would always sing the fight song and stuff, and so I would always joke around. And so whenever my friends were like, Oh yeah, Rams, oh yeah, Raiders or whatever they, you know, happened to be yeah. for I always said, Yeah, go Eagles and the Eagles like never <laughs> made it anywhere, right? Like the Eagles were horrible. And so occasionally I would keep up and they would make fun of me for rooting for the Eagles and I just didn't care. I, You know, like whatever team, right? Like for meals or mm-hmm. like whatever. And so then the Eagles finally made it to the Super Bowl years ago, and I was like, all right, hey, get cool, right? This is, <laughs> this is fun. And so I decided to kind of keep up, and then they, I think they won. I don't remember anymore. The point is that when they made it again this year, I started getting text messages from people that I haven't heard from in months or even years. They're like, your team's in the Super Bowl, bro. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. They're my team. <laughs> so – Uh, Fly Eagles Fly uh, turned into uh, a not-so-great moment for them. Uh, I I didn't watch the entire game. I just kind of decided to lounge around and play video games while it was happening. So it was playing on the side, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily paying attention to it. I didn't pay attention to the commercials all that much like I normally do. Uh, But I did start paying attention towards the middle of the third quarter when they were tied. And then I just kind of paid more attention uh, uh, until the end, and it was kind of intense watching the end of the the game. There, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was at Disneyland celebrating, you know, his win. Not only did and he only
2: Disneyland,
0: yeah. yeah, it threw me off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny that there was no Disney World. That Suck at Disney but, World. But I, I did... <laughs> Here's what I think, though. I, I <laughs> believe that the reason they did it was because, you know, they we ha- we talked about the whole, like, trivia behind the... Uh, I'm going to Disney World, right, in the past. Yeah. yeah. But I think they did it because Disneyland is celebrating its 100th anniversary, so they want to call more attention to Disneyland being the original well, but- park as part of the celebration. You know, because Bing-bing. we have the hundred banner and stuff like that. Disney World is celebrating their own anniversary, which doesn't currently tie into the Disney one hundred the way that Disneyland yeah. celebration is currently tying into that. So, I'm speculating that because there's more related to the Disney one hundred celebration here uh, at Disneyland, that's why they decided to do that. It could yeah, be, it makes yeah, sense
0: for sure. Yeah, and they Whatever. were close by
2: Disney World. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were in, closer. They're in Arizona. Yeah, they yeah. were closer. That I mean, it was a free trip for them, right? Like they oh, yeah. are still paying two hundred bucks a ticket and they got a free ride to Disneyland. So whatever. I mean,
0: And they got paid.
1: And they got paid, so yeah, <laughs> just to make them. it a little
0: bit bad. There you yeah, go. <laughs> good, good for them.
1: <laughs> All that running paid off.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> good
2: job running. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it was at the Super Bowl or if it was at Disneyland already, but I saw a picture of Patrick Mahomes. Also sporting, since we were talking about Vince McMahon, he was also sporting like a WWE championship belt that had like Kansas City Chiefs plates on the side of it. Nice. But I guess it's a tradition now that uh, World Wrestling Entertainment gives the winners of you know these high-profile matchups like a, a championship belt to go along with whatever trophy they happen to get for their event. So that's pretty cool.
0: It's pretty smart because there's all that eyes on them. Right, so it's advertisement. Jeez, genius
1: <laughs> marketing, genius mm-hmm. marketing. Uh, let's see. It was a crazy week full of announcements. We had a an investor call that we're gonna be talking about shortly, but I, I don't want to move away from the Super Bowl yet because there was a couple of things that I did want to talk about. One, uh, like I said, I didn't really watch the commercials or pay too much attention like i normally do but i did see some clips and then i ultimately saw the trailer do my eyes deceive me or did i see michael keaton as batman again
0: yes what is
1: happening
0: it's so awesome right like to see burton's batman up in action um it was actually brian that brought it up in discord and when he brought it up, saying that he was all excited, I'm like, "Dude, me too." We would have probably high fived each other, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, three decades—we're gonna say three, three. I can't do math right now, but it's been decades since we have seen Michael Keaton as Batman, so that was awesome. And he looked good, yeah. and yeah, I'm biased. I, he's my one of my favorites besides Adam West.
1: Who? <laughs> is Adam West. Was that good, Andrew? I feel like that was a poor Adam West impression.
2: I mean, I I can't do one, so it was it was it kind of was like a William Shatner. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I was trying to uh, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I felt like if I cut it too sharp, it was going to be too Shatnery. Yeah. And I think and he's, I He's, I he's more
2: ramb He's more like rambly, I think. He's like, "Oh, Robin, I don't know what uh, you know, but I can't do." He's always so
1: soft-spoken it's... when I've heard him. Like, I feel like there's, I don't think it's as sharp as Shatner, but I do Uh think it's breathy. Like, oh, it's the boy wonder. It is breathy It is. Save me, Adam West, as I'm speaking to all of you on the Pocketeers podcast.
2: I I made an AI listen to 1,000 hours of Adam West Batman. (laughs) And here's what it came up with. I don't know. Well, everything on the internet these days. These days, I'm an old man. These days on the internet, anyway. Or as Batman West
1: would say, these days on the internet.
2: Uh, Yeah, it was Microsoft Sam, your computer's (laughs)
1: default voice, along with Clippy. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it was kind of interesting to see him. I, you know, I haven't kept up with Flash. I know Ezra Miller has been the Flash for quite a bit now, and I haven't necessarily kept up with that show and i don't know what the storyline is um so i'm curious where this all leads I'll, the only thing I, that really stood out to me in the trailer is that there was a line that says like you mess with time and space or something like you mess with like time travel or something along those lines so i'm wondering if that's why we're seeing that keaton like i don't, it doesn't feel like this version of the flash is 30 years old Right. It feels like it's in modern day. So why we're seeing Keaton's Batman is a little confusing to me. But I'm interested. I'm like hook, line and sinker in for this one, because kind of like you, Mel, Keaton's Batman is one of my favorites as well. Like I probably like Nolan's Batman the most. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, man, maybe it's a toss up. Maybe I do like this one more. Maybe I do like Keaton's more. I don't know. I'd have to watch them again to tell you. But for now, I'm going to say that they're tie until I watch them again. But the Burton Batman and the Nolan Batman are my two favorites of all time. Uh, sorry, George Clooney.
2: Sorry, Val Kilmer. And sorry, oh. Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, who else played Batman? And Robert Pattinson. Oh, oh I haven't
1: I seen that one. About- He's and good. Will Arnett. No, Will I Arnett is. is pretty dope though. As like Lego he Batman, <laughs> he does we'll a great him. job.
0: But he's a different category though. He he's got yeah. his own special thing. Uh, uh, what's the other yeah.
1: guy's name? You know what I will anyway. say? I will say Will Friedle from Boy Meets World plays Batman in the animated series, and he's done a really great job voicing Batman.
2: Oh. No, he did. He didn't do Batman. There's no way it was. Because uh, that's that's the same one yep. where Mark Hamill is the Joker.
1: Yeah, he voiced uh, Terry McGinnis, Batman in Batman Beyond, uh, because I think he took over for Kevin uh, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. That's who I was thinking
2: of because he was doing it up until he passed. I
1: thought. Yeah, I mean, I I think they've they've they're done each other's series. Yeah, 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 okay, but I will say also, you know. Kevin Conroy, also an iconic Batman, again, on a different yeah. level. But I don't know how he got into this whole Batman. Talk. Oh, right, the commercial or the trailer. <laughs> because we're talking about Batman, that's right, right. why. <laughs> the, no, I don't know how far we went this way. But anyway, uh, favorite Batman is I still Batman. Keaton's or Burton's Batman and the Nolan Batman. Yes. Um, so if, Burton, anybody Batman, knows, Batman. if anybody knows what's happening with I mean, Keaton, the Flash I don't know. and why Keaton is there, because they even brought back the old Batmobile.
0: Right, the so one I Googled from it. the
1: original. Oh, you did good. I want to know what's so, happening. well, there. so there's you know I don't
2: think anybody actually knows, but this article is uh, referencing a comic called Flashpoint, a 2011 comic, uh, in which Barry Allen, the Flash, traveled back in time to prevent his own mother's di- murder, which unintentionally created a strange new timeline in which everything was unequivocally worse. Um, One of those worst things in this timeline Bruce Wayne was gunned down in Crime Alley Blah 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 So it's This is kind of what people are thinking The base of this uh, This movie might be based on Is this him traveling back in time To prevent his mother from dying Interesting Um, But that's It's not uh, Nothing's confirmed at this point But these are the uh, Definitely the inklings of the rumor mill
1: but this isn't a uh, james gunn creation right as far as i know this this if this no, is
2: coming I out now so. this has been this is like i think this must be the last one before their hard reset of the dc universe uh films
1: damn watch this one be like the one um, film that they've been waiting for to take off like wildfire well, uh, I just—I was
2: flipping through this article I'm reading. It says Warner Brothers executive James James Gunn said that the Flash is quote a movie that resets the entire DC universe.
1: So, oh, maybe, so maybe maybe he it's got the his first. Maybe, he maybe this got is their Iron Man. On it. Yeah, maybe. maybe maybe this is their Iron Man finally. You know what? I'm. I hope it is like the DC universe. And then they just bring Michael Keaton Batman back. They're just like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> just let's bring it back. Why not? If Keaton comes back as Batman, Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back for Ironheart or something. It's going to be uh, a melee for who can bring back the old stars again. That you would know what? Be let's why, let you, <laughs> let's bring
2: uh, let's bring uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker and uh wait i did Danny right, DeVito right. as the yeah, penguin. Danny DeVito, DeVito as the penguin.
0: penguin. Ooh.
1: <laughs> one of my favorite movie lines ever, ever is when the Joker asked, "Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" To this day, I still hold it as like one of my probably top 10 favorite movie lines of all time. Sorry Joker, you can't be in this year's March Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, hey, but speaking of lives.
1: March Mayhem and speaking of stuff that we saw during the Super Bowl, Disney had a uh, one-and-a-half-minute ad. Mel, tell us a little bit about the commercial.
0: Okay. I'm going to try to be not as excited as I explained because I was super excited, and I'll explain why. Okay. So the commercial starts, and you see the Disney 100, and it starts with Maribel. And it's they start bringing up like little moments that made us be like, like they just tug on your heartstrings and little magical moments. And s- soon you'll start hearing one quote and then one quote. And it's these quotes in films that take you to like that magical place. And then little by little within that one minute time span, it just gets you and the way that they do it is they hit you with the nostalgia keep going keep going keep going and of course you hear waltz and then it's like at this point your heart's like overfilling and it's just of course you get all the feels and all the little moments and you see all these special things that happen within the park within films everywhere you could think of and it's only quotes it's only little things you're not hearing a whole story you're not hearing um I guess like you say like a monologue you're not hearing that you're just hearing snippets and oh my gosh so here's where I'm gonna get excited um one I feel excited for I guess we could say for March Mayhem because you know, the whole theme was gonna be based off of Disney 100, and it's like, you know what? Who doesn't love little, who doesn't quote Disney? That's the one thing I should have said. Who doesn't quote Disney? Disney nerds, people, geeks, nerds, everybody, you know a Disney quote, and that's what the commercial did. So to see this commercial, and I was just like, I turned turned to Jerry and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, are you seeing this? Are you hearing this? I go, this, I go, this is why we kind of like collectively chose the whole idea for March Mayhem. Like this, like quotes, this this is it. Like, dang, I could be working for Disney right now because this is awesome. And it's exactly how I described the commercial is why our theme is this, like what it is this year. It's, It's to celebrate the 100 years. Remember how we were talking about the whole theme is wonder, and it's like you just want to feel that, and that's what they give you is all the feels. So, I was excited to see this, and I'm like, you guys have to see this because it just hits perfectly with what we're doing. So we're good. We're <laughs> we're we got the ball rolling really well. <laughs> Listen, no if pun intended. There's anything- <laughs> <laughs> if there's <laughs> anything that I can
1: commend the Disney company on is their super fast turnaround because for them to hear the episode where we announced what March Mayhem was going to be and for them to mm-hmm. be like, you know what? Let's make a Super Bowl ad based on what podcasters was co- talking about and exactly. what March Mayhem is going to be about. That's a super tight turnaround for that long of a commercial that's going to air nationally. Yeah. So Disney, thank you for promoting March Mayhem for us. Uh, yep. Mel, your idea is 125% bona fide Disney 100 material. <laughs> and <reals>. uh, <laughs> yeah, to all of the editors that made this commercial happen, y- you know, we just want to say thank you and uh, bravo, bravo for such a fast turnaround after our announcement happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think they
2: picked a little, they hit some of the quotes a little on the nose, don't you think? Like, Oh, they're so popular. Now, what you're going to get in our March Mayhem is going to be some of the so the real meat and potatoes of the quotes. Yeah. These are going to be
1: the people's quotes. These are the, some of the B-sides, <laughs> if you will. These are the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the people's
2: quotes. The people's quotes. The people's quotes give the people's elbow to the Disney 100 commercial. <laughs> and... If you
1: hear... What the Walt is quoting. Yes. That's
2: have you watched the Young work. Rock show?
1: I'm just kicking us off. I, complete I, t- have I you watched Young it. Rock? I kind of. We just we yes. just caught up on Young Rock. It's <laughs> a good show. I kind of love it. I don't know if there's a new episode, but the last one I saw was, I forget the, the country that he went to, but in my head I keep calling it Genovia. And because. It's, uh, oh, uh Geljum, yeah, I don't know how it's, it's I something that out like, of the air. Uh, well, no, it's Geljum. I it's... commend you for remembering <laughs> that because I've Good seen job. it in several episodes, and I keep calling it Genovia. So close enough. They're in Genovia for the coffee, and he's trying to get that trade deal. And the last one was where they—I'm not going to spoil it—but he was in Genovia getting ready to leave. That's what. That's <laughs> yes,
2: that's yeah. the most recent one. Okay, that's okay. the most recent cool. one. So you're caught
1: up. Yeah, like, it's I a fun have show. a plan. Yeah, if you're a wrestling fan, it's a fun show because he talks a lot about the... I mean, it's all really based on his life and growing up and stuff, but hearing some of the behind the scenes, which may or may not be true, right? They're telling a story after all, but the storytelling in the show, I think, is pretty well done. It's just
2: a lot like the nostalgia of all the characters that that you come across, like Andre the Giant and everybody. Yeah, Yeah, it's a pretty fun show. Anyway, that's not what we're
1: talking about. Right, right. We're talking about... What the Walt is quoting again, Disney, say. great job, thank you for airing that during the Super Bowl and getting some eyeballs on March mayhem uh i'm I don't remember you actually saying you know participate in Podcateers March mayhem at all in the commercial, but that's Mm-mm. okay. It's I mean, podcateers. we can forgive <laughs> that I think you I think we'll repost your commercial because you know we're cool like that, free uh, of charge, free of yeah. charge. And we will just kind of tie it into March Mayhem uh, because, you know, we are putting quotes up against each other to see what the most dominant quote in the Disney 100 celebration is. Narrow down to 32 quotes, obviously, because we're not going to go through every single quote that's popular. But we're going to see who the most popular quote is. If you hear what the Walt is quoting
0: and the eyebrow went up.
1: eyebrow went up. <laughs> If you hear (laughs) When You Wish Upon a Star, it doesn't have the same impact as the Rock's theme song, so we're just going to stick with the Rock's theme song at that point. What's
2: the Rock's theme song? This. If you smell what the Rock
0: is cooking. The Rock says. The Rock. The Rock.
1: The Rock says. Yeah. Listen to that. It gets you pumping. Yeah, good yeah. job, Brock.
2: That's like the rocks. It's kind of like his album or whatever. But what, no, he was on some diss track or something. What was he doing? Oh, right. he was on some song. Remember, he's on a song, and he's like, he's like, I it sounded like that. The, the guy from uh, Epic Rap Battles, apparently.
1: <laughs> he appeared on a song by an artist named Tech Nine. It was a song called Face Off and uh-huh. just like oh i don't even remember like, that he's just singing and singing and then all of a sudden like he the rock appears he and he does like, a yeah. swear he's like it is not minivan friendly for the rock no. that was a pre- that was a stretch right that's like fast and the furious language not minivan pocketeers language from the rock but you could
2: listen to macho man's album i think most of those are pretty <laughs> minivan friendly where <laughs> all he does is diss Hulk Hogan the whole time
1: <laughs> yeah So, anyway,
2: you know what? I have one of those songs saved on one of my favorite playlists the Macho Man song. It's pretty good.
1: One of these days, during a call, we're just going to play it. (laughs) I don't
2: even watch wrestling. Why do I talk about wrestling so
1: much? I don't know, but I enjoy it, so keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way,. Thanks to the FGP squad members that uh, hung out with us over the weekend. We did a happy hour call. We played some games, hung out, had some fun. I never thought I would end an FGP happy hour call saying to myself, wow, we sorted underwear brands today. Uh, But that was a thing. That happened.
0: (laughs) We did it. I saw the picture. I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Because, I mean, things happen, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, the, the FGP happy hour calls are fun because uh, they're they're a little more adult than the podcast, right? So we let a little mm-hmm. looser than we normally do on the podcast. And so we play games, and uh, we tend to play a lot of Jackbox games. And the most recent Jackbox release, 9, had a handful of games that we hadn't played yet. What was that one, Andrew? I don't remember. Was it Quicksort?
2: The last one was Quicksort. That's yeah, the, the one, one with the, the with stuff. the underwear, right? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so... nine, right?
1: Yeah, so we played this game, Quicksort, and the idea in the game is that they give you this, like, conveyor belt-looking thing, and there's all these, like, blocks that have... They give you an objective, like list everything from oldest to newest or from shortest to tallest or whatever the objective happens to be. And so they randomly throw these things at you. Like, one of ours um fgp squad member heather and i had to sort celebrities from shortest to tallest and wow. so they were throwing out like Shaq and chloe kardashian <laughs> and danny devito and so we had to like layer them <laughs> in order right there was one weird uh who was the weird one that was in there uh
2: the comedian um uh, bu- 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 bo burnham was oh in bo there. burnham and yeah I was
1: like, am i supposed to know how tall bo burnham is <laughs> yeah I guess if you've seen him in person, you kind of know how he's tall six he five is, right? apparently. Yeah, oh wow, <laughs> pretty tall. Uh, and yeah, one of the we did. Uh, they give you two options. They they ask you like, do you want to sort from this to this, or do you want the mystery option? And so we went mystery option because it was something that we both felt was pretty difficult. And the topic was sorting uh, undergarment brands from oldest to newest. And uh, I, we did it. it. That was a thing that happened. So we've sorted underwear brands on a call. But it was fun. I, out of all the games that we played, we played three different ones. Quicksort was probably my favorite one, uh, personally, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of all of them. So definitely a game I think we're going to want to play in the future. Uh, we capped off the night with uh, some Disney trivia questions. I was the worst host in history because I was just whispering hints for all the trivia. <laughs> um, but, hey, everybody won. It was great. <laughs> hey, <laughs> as long as everyone had everybody had time. Won. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to uh, the FGP squad members that made it out. They were the real MVPs of the night, uh, Heather, Albert, and Miguel. Uh, hopefully we can have uh, another call soon, and we'll be able to have more members of the FGP squad join us. Uh, Those calls are always fun. A lot of our friends usually tend to join us, but uh, some of our friends are on East Coast time, and it tends to be a little more difficult for them to join, especially if they have... Yeah, whatever, Gavin. Yeah, Jason. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that Gavin is my fault because uh, I typed out the message with all the information to join us, and uh, Hazen forgot to hit send. So it, it was type out I've fallen victim to this yeah, multiple times. So I didn't hit send. So Gav, sorry, that's my fault. Uh, but I will All send right, the next sin. one. Yeah, it's totally send's <laughs> fault on this one. Uh, fun times, but you know we're we're gonna have one soon. Everybody can join us on that one. So.
2: Whoa! Look at look, Hazen. Look what just appeared next to me. Oh, look at it's this! The big wheel. You guys remember the big wheel from <laughs> last year? Look at this. Yeah. The the FGP thank you wheel. Well, it's some reason it's appeared and it's back. So we, I guess we have to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel. Flap 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 <laughs> flap 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 <laughs> I don't. It makes a flap sound. I don't know why. Apparently, <laughs> it does. I, yeah. Flying south for this? the winter. What's this? What's this? It's yes. Yeah. <laughs> what does this say it says jessica this is this is very strange hazen i don't remember jessica an fgp member jessica do you know anything about this
1: that's because jessica is a brand new member to the fgp squad (laughs) (laughs) jessica well welcome jessica Yeah.
0: yeah thank you
2: uh jessica so cool uh jessica's new so she didn't get to have me do uh really awkward compliments uh so we have to do those now Absolutely. uh jessica um th- thank you for being part of the fgp uh cool cat and kitten i can't forget that um jessica uh how i love thee let me count the ways one with that i have to do that as roger rabbit but that's oh, yeah, that's yeah. the roger rabbit Dear Jessica, here I love thee. Let me count the ways: One, one thousand. Two, one thousand. Three, one thousand. Anyway, that's, uh, thank you, Jessica. That was bad. Ignore that. That was horrible. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Jessica. This is my silly segment that I do of all the other dumb silly segments I do. So, uh, oh, and look, the wheel has disappeared. Oh no. Bye wheel. Uh, when if any, if the, if anybody wants to have the wheel come back, um, you can join the FGP and then the magical wheel will appear again. Yay. Um, yay. Thanks, Jessica and all the FGP members and all the squad get out there.
1: Yes. So if you I'm want more it info sticks. on how, happen. <laughs> so if you want more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, head on over to slash fgp for more information. There you'll see a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, and a little info on the FGP Squad family. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Being a part of the FGP squad gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls that we were just talking about, access to additional content over on Patreon, discounts on Pocketeers gear, random giveaways, a special section on Discord, and more. So again, any questions, please feel free to reach out to us uh, and to Jessica and all of the members of the FGP squad. We just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. All right. So, you know, it's hard for me to want to pivot into this, but it was really big news, uh, especially since I feel like we've been having a pretty good time this episode. But, you know, Disney's earnings call happened not too long ago. And Bob Iger, you know, it's his first earning call back since taking the helm back at Disney. And I think a lot of people were really excited because, you know, whoa, Bob Iger's back. He's coming to save the Disney company. And this, I mean, it kind of pains me to say this, right? Because I I am a, a Bob Iger fan. You know, I think he's done a lot of great things for Disney, but there was also a lot of things that he did for the company that I didn't necessarily agree with. But um, coming back to the Disney company, there's a lot of people that thought like, oh, yeah, he's he's doing great things. But he's kind of coming back, at least from the looks of things, he's coming back to fix a lot of the mistakes he made when he abruptly left the company. You know, and a lot of that has to do, uh, it looks like a lot of it it has to do with how much he spent on the Fox acquisition. Part of correcting course for the company, uh, sadly is going to come at the expense of uh, 7,000 cast members uh, losing their jobs. Uh, as far as we know, it looks like this is going to be a lot of jobs that are not necessarily front facing. A lot of the cast members that are in the parks that, you know, we talk about provide the magic on a daily basis for a lot of guests are not part of what the layoffs that are going to be happening. But it's not necessarily clear. They weren't mentioned. Josh DeMorrow has also talked about it. This is coming at a really bad time. Right. Because we've already seen yeah. what the parks are like. Um, you know, Mel, your initial reaction to hearing this news.
0: Uh, first, Mom, whenever we hear anything like that, my initial thought is always the cast members, the frontline people. And I'm thinking, well, they just brought everyone back, you know, and we hear about staffing issues. So I was concerned thinking, there's no way that they're going to be able to do this. But, and then I thought, well, maybe it'll be upper, you know, upper management. Um, sis cancer members were just bringing them back. And sure enough, we found out it was going to be the higher ups. So that, I mean, it stinks. And this is going to be a, it's going to be, how do I say this? It's going to be ugly before things get nice. And that usually happens with any kind of change. And this is whoo, five, what is it? Five billion that he has to figure out how to yeah do. That it is not going to be pretty. So yeah. we're going to see some pretty rough stuff until they make that stuff, until they make that money back. So we will see. Those are the magical words right there. We will see. That's That's pretty much it. <laughs> right um yeah it's it's
2: it's a pretty rough uh, thing to hear um i especially uh if you work for the company it kind of puts your mind in a place i would assume where uh you go is this my job that is coming and you know our our one of our main focuses on this podcast is the parks and it seems at this point in this round of layoffs uh, parks are somewhat safe at least for those in park cast members that are making the, you know day to day magic and all that stuff happen. So that is something nice to hear because that's what a lot of people's in most interaction with uh, employees of the Disney company cast members are is at the parks. That's who people like face to face talk with uh, more than anybody else in the company. They're not talking to animators or marketing people or whoever is, you know, in this chopping block. It still sucks to hear. I mean, I understand where it's coming from. A lot of companies are doing the same thing. It's not really even surprising at this point. It's just kind of unfortunate. So yeah, it's it's not fun to hear. Um, it is it is you know some somewhat of a, a you know bittersweet thing that the cast members that we interact with seem to be safe but that doesn't that just it still means seven thousand people are out of a job um hopefully these people are compensated well with their you know either some sort of uh what do they call it i don't know uh severance or whatever uh some sort of severance that they can find a new job in you know and not go without uh as you, I mean, that's all you can really hope for at this point is they at least treat these people well on their way out so they can still provide for their families or themselves or whoever they need to. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's probably all connected to re- the restructuring that uh, Bob is doing. You know, working the company is getting restructured yet again. So I, I'm sure a lot of this is going to be coming from. The Fox like we talked about the Fox merger um, where a lot of those jobs are doubled still Mm -hmm. and they they sure can I'm sure in their eyes cut some fat and trim stuff around and and see what where they can save money. So it this is still like the baffling thing. They say we got all the money money is no problem. We got so much money. They've said it publicly. That there's but Money's not an issue, but money's the only issue. In, yeah, money's the only issue, whether it's having the... <laughs> in the capitalist society we live in, <laughs> um, money is how you're judged, yeah. so... A company could, you know, because it's a publicly traded company, the people that have the s- stock in the company want the company stock to grow and the company to have more assets and more cash on hand and body, body, blah blah, blah blah. Who cares? But th- that's that becomes an obsession and, you know, appeasing stockholders, um, because if you don't appease the stockholders, then they oust you or whatever and take o- and do all this stuff. So it's this hard dance that they're having to do of balancing appeasing the stockholders and then also appeasing the the fans of the company that actually you know give them the money you know buying the things and seeing the movies and what have you so it's it when when the stocks you know make such a big impact it's it's hard to just spend money because it'll make people happy it'll it'll grow the brand it'll you know foster goodwill it'll whatever what have you it'll do a bunch of stuff but will it make us money yeah who knows but if we lay off seven thousand people that sure is gonna save us some money yeah. uh so it's all money everything's money and it sucks and uh what can you do i don't know
1: yeah yeah i mean one of the biggest challenges that i think the disney board was recently facing is the fact that uh there was an activist investor named uh, nelson peltz who owns quite a bit of stock i i want to say he owns like five million dollars worth of disney stock at this point and he was lobbying to be on the board because he wanted to see some changes enacted and i guess he had an opportunity to sit down with bob Iger because Uh, He publicly spoke to uh, some media outlets and he said, you know, this is over. I'm not lobbying to be on the board anymore. It looks like Bob Iger is going to be making some of the changes that we've been asking for. Because when you own that much stock, you know, how much money you're making, obviously, like you said, we're in a capitalist society, right? Everybody that is making money wants to continue making money. And so the, the 7,000 jobs that are being cut, it's approximately 3% of Disney's workforce that's being cut. That $5.5 billion in cuts is going to be split up between, like, two segments, right? It, like you said, it's not going to be the front-facing cast members. Uh, they're calling it non-content costs, And um, it does include labor costs, Uh, how this is all going to play in to the additional challenges that they've been facing in Walt Disney World with the recent union discussions that didn't really go their way. Uh, where unions were lobbying for Disney to offer pay raises to a lot of the cast members that are currently working on property, including uh, people that work in the parks or in hospitality, stuff like that. Uh, I believe one of the deals they were trying to strike was to try to raise the minimum that they're making to around $18 an hour to start, like a $1 increase. And for some... Uh, including those that work in food services had the opportunity to make up to twenty dollars starting within the first year. That deal apparently fell through, and I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, it being connected to these jobs that are going to be lost, or you know how those negotiations uh, how those negotiations are going to continue. So we're going to keep an eye out on that. But you know, Bob Iger's coming in, and he's making a lot of changes that were made by Bob Chapek, you know, that restructuring that you were talking about is essentially taking the organization and putting it into three major business segments. Now, Josh Damaro is going to continue to lead the parks, experiences and, and products. And Jimmy Pataro is going to be leading ESPN. And uh, Disney Entertainment is is going to be uh, co-chaired by Alan Bergman and Dana Waldman. This is a major change because Bob Iger's kind of deconstructing the the media, the DMED portion of the company that Bob Chapek have put in place. And it's interesting because I know earlier in the year, a few episodes ago, we talked about you know, what would we like to see happen in the Disney company this year? And one of the things that I talked about was I think we're going to see a a sale of Hulu. I think the Disney company is going to work really hard to, you know, take over Hulu from Comcast and, you know, they're going to merge Disney Plus with it and all sorts of stuff related to that. And in this earnings call or, you know, in now these recent interviews and these talks, Bob Iger has kind of flipped a script. You know, before it was about acquiring the percentage of Hulu that they didn't have from Comcast, uh, because I think they were able to exercise that opportunity in early 2024, January 2024. Uh, and now he says that the sale of Hulu is off. It, it's not necessarily off the table. And that's an interesting shift in the mentality of how they're going to handle streaming services, because Comcast has a direct competitor. They have Peacock. Right. And just several years ago, Bob Iger had talked about how they weren't going to sell Hulu to Comcast or they didn't want to lose Hulu to Comcast because they didn't want to strengthen Comcast Universal. You know, they didn't want to strengthen them as a company. So the Fox acquisition was a direct purchase so that Comcast wouldn't have a leg up on the Disney company. You know, and ironically enough, the Fox merger is what's causing the most problems for the Disney company right now because of how much was spent on it. So now Bob Iger's trying to correct course with all of that and ESPN uh, was originally gonna get uh, spun off into its own thing or that was the talks. And now it looks like uh, in some of the most recent talks, uh, I guess uh, ESPN could be sold off to Comcast as a way of uh, getting an early purchase of Hulu instead of waiting till January 2024. It could be like a little trade-off. Or Disney could sell Hulu altogether and they would lose the majority stake, which I think is 66% of Hulu at this point. The announcement that they are willing to sell Hulu is really interesting because, ironically enough, this is going to go back to wrestling for a moment, but I've been keeping up (laughs) with the WWE and Vince McMahon, right? He left the company mid last year uh, for all sorts of reasons, but then he came back about a month or so ago. He kind of forced himself back into the company. And the reason that I was reading he did that was because he's planning on selling the WWE to the highest bidder. However, the announcement of him coming back and some of the issues that he's had, there are certain companies that aren't re-signing for rights to you know, have the show on their networks. And if they're not re-signing... It doesn't look like it's a good company to buy to the potential buyers anymore. So they're either going to underbid or they're just going to get out of the purchasing race. I I was wondering how that would affect Disney. Like if Bob Iger is saying, well, we're willing to sell it, it kind of makes it look like Hulu's not worth keeping, right? Like does this set up Bob Iger to potentially purchase Hulu for less money? Or at the end for Comcast to say, uh, let's strike a deal for less money than it's valuated for because he said, yeah, we're willing to sell it. And Wall Street says, well, if Disney was willing to sell it, it's probably not worth as much as they thought it was. You know what I mean? Like it's almost mm-hmm. like it, it's it's this weird reverse psychology thing in the business world that I don't know if it's going to blow up in their face. Like they're going to see right through it and they're going to be like, yeah, we know what this is worth. And they're going to like play hardball with it. Or if it's one of those business tactics that in the end, Disney will get what they want and they'll get it cheaper than they want it to in the long run. But also what are they going to have to give up? Like, are they going to have to give up ESPN along the way, you know, to compensate for that or like what's going to happen? So a lot of interesting news like financially coming out of the disney company uh as part of that call you know like you said obviously those jobs uh are the worst of it because you know disney's so understaffed already you, you know you were talking about how we already have issues with uh staffing in the parks even if it's not the front-facing characters, they're second and third shift cast members that do a lot of the work. And if, you know, like at Disney World, they're all part of unions. Or a majority of them, it's my understanding, are part of unions. And so if they're already having trouble with the front-facing day char- like the day cast members, what's going to happen to the parks if we don't have maintenance crews? If we don't have... You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I can't I, imagine yeah. what the parks are going to be like after this.
2: I have to think that this. I think, from what the inklings I'm hearing from Demaro and other people, that I think parks are largely not included in this seven thousand number. I think parks are 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 somewhat staying as is. I do. There's that hiring freeze is still in effect, so that doesn't help matters. But I think I think most of these jobs. If not all of them are coming from other parts of the company, including, um, you know, the, the, all the, you know, it could be accountants. It could be, you know, double, it could be, you know, uh, who knows content moderation council of blob, you know, whatever. There's so many jobs out there. I mean, if this is, like you said, 3% of the company's, uh, uh workforce, it's, it's a, a you know, only a small bit and all three percent uh i I don't know i I have a feeling that a lot of these hopefully i had the again i've been wrong many times before but from what i'm hearing from how josh tomorrow is speaking and all these other different reports is it doesn't seem that these cuts are coming from parks uh, Mm -hmm. in in any large manner so that's that's a hopeful thing that's, you know, at least for the things that, like I said before, that we experience firsthand the most because you see a Disney movie when they come out. You, you know, most of us at least attempt to go to the parks more frequently than that. Um, and our listeners do that as well. So it's uh, some sort of hope that at least the, the parks cast members are not on the chopping block yet in in. What What it seems like anyway,
0: nah, especially if they have to make money, no way mean yeah. they, they need the parks, so
1: well, I mean, the parks are really what's been keeping Disney plus afloat, right, like Disney plus has mm-hmm. been still losing a lot of money, and they've been siphoning money from park earnings to keep Disney plus running, so that could be it i mean i I wonder if part of the reason why Rebecca Campbell left the company. Shortly after the earnings call, like there was the announcement that she was going to be leaving, has anything to do with saving that money, the the five point five, you know, billion that they need? Because uh, she was with the company for almost three decades, you know, and like yeah. in her most recent role, like she had a lot to do with the launch of Disney Plus in Europe and Asia, uh, in the Middle East and in Latin America, and Rebecca Campbell, I think, I, I, I mean one of the most recent roles that I remember her in was she was president of Disneyland, you know, for a very short time. But she was president of Disneyland before Ken Potrock took over, you know. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was done with everything or if, you know, she was, you know, asked, you know, to to take a break or to step aside. To
0: be a fly on that wall.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to be keeping an eye on things that are happening uh, with all of this because uh, although we don't really see it, I think, I mean, Bob Iger knows that there's a lot of complaints, right? And he knows that a lot of um, really loyal Disney fans are feeling the changes to the parks. And while we... I mean, we want the company to succeed. We love the magic. We love what the Disney company brings for us and provides for us and stuff. But, you know, this goes back to talks that we've had, you know, a year or two ago about every time that they raise the ticket prices, we would always ask ourselves, like, when is enough enough? You know, when is Disney going to stop doing this? And the conversation would always lead back to, as long as people keep going, they're going to keep doing this and there isn't going to be an end to it. I think I think in the meantime, we kind of saw a little bit of an end to it because we did see them retract, give a little bit of a discount on certain things and open up those additional days. You know, Josh Tomorrow announced that for the Disney 100 celebration, they were going to be opening those additional days. There was going to be discount tickets and stuff. So I think there's a lot of testing that's going on to see how far down they have to go. I think there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of thought put into how to restructure some of the magic keys or annual passes if they go back to an old name for it. Uh, so I don't think we've seen the end of that because if they're going to... Uh, I think on the call they mentioned that they're going to be doing things like making smaller portions available of stuff. Like the portions are already kind of small as they are now, and they were already cut not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So what are portions going to look like now? Are we going to end up paying $20 for a bite-sized burger like we do Ooh. for the Festival of Holidays or for any of these food things yeah. that they have? You know what I mean?
0: Samples. One
1: quarter portion. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch these changes uh, get enacted in in the parks. But we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep talking about it. And then, you know, you decide, you know, what you want to do as a Disney fan. You know, I I think everybody has their limit as to how much they're willing to continue supporting. Everyone's limit is different. And um, I think Disney's trying to find... The halfway point between not making those people angry but still making as much money as possible uh although it's always going to lean towards let's make as much money as possible for them (laughs) oh yeah so uh, but, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of this part of the conversation or anything that we talk about in this episode, obviously. Join the conversation over on Discord. We'd love for you to join the community. If you haven't had an opportunity to join us, head over to podcasterscom slash links, and you will find an invite to join us on Discord there. Let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a shift uh, because as part of the same call, there was – There was some other stuff that I think a lot of people are going to be super excited about. But I was interested to hear what you all thought about some of these announcements. Uh, Bob Iger talked about how... uh, I'm going to mention all of them and then you can kind of give me your thoughts on them. But one, an Avatar experience is coming to Disneyland. And we're also getting sequels. We're getting Toy Story 5, Zootopia 2, and Frozen 34. Your thoughts on those?
0: Why are we being punished? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Frozen 33 was enough for you? No. 1, 2, 2 was enough. (laughs) But why? Like, there's so much potential and... Uh, okay so the reason why I said that is because Toy Story 3 had already put us to this emotional point where Andy had to go to college we had to mentally prepare for this and then you give us four okay cool new story but we were still kind of like dealing with three and it's like what else can we do it's like it's already been so emotional. Now you're playing with our f- feelings and stuff. Again, no pun intended. But five? Really? Really? No. <laughs> no. We love the characters. The characters are fantastic. But no. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, Frozen why like we went through five years of frozen why <laughs> i am so whiny right now i'm so sorry everyone.
1: look all Zootopia, i'm telling I'm you i'm okay with all 33 movies for frozen that's that's a lot
0: it is it, you could you could only take so much <laughs> <laughs> andrew go ahead
2: <laughs> um yeah uh, let's see avatar in the, at disneyland um I have a feeling because of how it was announced and the wording used, we're getting either some sort of VR experience or something or something in, in downtown Disney or maybe some weird pop-up or a, a maybe, you know, maybe they finally put another 3d movie in the magic eye theater or something. I, I think it's something small. I don't think this isn't Pandora at Disneyland. This isn't some big flat of passage or something at Disneyland. This, this uh, wording seems very uh, in the temporary vein of things um, or, you know, semi-permanent. It's, who knows, it, it because it's such an offhand announcement, nothing being announced at D23, all this stuff, it makes it seem this is more of a advertising tie-in something at the parks because, you know, Avatar is doing well in the box office and people have avatar fever and they want to make sure that avatar three does well in the box office when that finally comes out in two years or whatever. So the, the this kind of seems what, what that is going to be. Um, in, in, uh, relation to the sequel films. Um, yeah. Zootopia two. Cool. Zootopia two. Sounds great. I like Zootopia. That's a good movie. Toy, Toy story five. What are we going to do? Uh, Woody left at the end, so I guess Woody's gonna come back. You know, they just have to backtrack on the story of, okay, Woody's gone, all right, but we gotta find Woody now, again, or whatever, because something, I don't know. Or maybe Woody's not in it. I think they would, uh, it would be, maybe it's a, a like a dual story where we keep cutting back and forth between buzz and everybody and then woody and bo and then they never meet uh, except like at the end or something i don't know who knows i'm sure this is in the very early early stages of hey pixar you're making toy story 5 got it (laughs) like we your last couple of movies have been kind of duds out there pixar this is this is the company talking, not me. Uh, so how about another Toy Story, suckers? Like get that ball rolling, that you know, Pixar ball rolling. So that that's kind of the feeling on this. Uh, uh, going back to the well of well, it's proven record. Uh, you know, I guess maybe we'll see Cars four and Oof. and who knows what else. But yeah, uh, Frozen 3 is kind of expected, uh, I, I feel. I'm, I'm not surprised with Frozen 3 um, as much as I am Toy Story 5. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is kind of in the, the, the direct-to-video sequel doesn't really exist anymore. Um, it would be direct-to-Disney Plus sequel, I guess, now, but... Uh, i don't know they, they there's a lot more uh i don't know agency and value in their their tentpole properties um as you may call it or something i don't know so frozen is kind of one of those things that that seems to be it must be selling well still in stores for toys and merchandise and what have you and dresses and and whatever else frozen they sell still so the the numbers have to be there for them to uh to do it. I don't know. Josh Gad had a tweet that said maybe they're all it's a crossover movie between all three of them and I <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. It was like like what, what do you call it? It was uh Zoo do I know? Toys or something. I don't remember. It was some weird
1: nice. Yeah. Uh I mean, I I kind of agree with both of you. on on the front of the films, right? Mel, you're right. Like, Toy Story 3 was such a great wrap-up that when they announced 4, it was... It was... I don't know. It it just felt weird that they would ruin such a great ending. Not that 4 wasn't good. It's just 3 had such a perfect ending, right? Like, why would you ruin that? So, I... I mean, I don't know. Toy Story 5 can focus on someone else, maybe. Um, maybe we get a flip of the script and we get a Gabby Gabby story and why she turned evil to begin with or something. Like, but I mean, we, I don't know. It's hard uh, unless Woody Mr. leaving Mr. Prickle Pants, the movie, right? <laughs> unless Woody leaving, um, like the gang gets into some sort of, you know, pickle, you know, because Woody's not there to be, you know, the the one calling the shots for them. And so Buzz calls him on the Fisher-Price phone, and it rings across the country, and he finds a way to make it back to them. Uh, Because losing Woody is already a story we've heard, right? Like, why would we Mm want to hear it again except cross-country? So it's interesting, obviously, because... We're, we're past Andy. This is all Bonnie's toys now, and so who the focus of the film is going to be uh, will say a lot about where they want to take the franchise next. Uh, I can't imagine that they'll want to focus on, you know, like Bo Peep or Jesse or anything like that. Uh, if anything, they might want to focus on Buzz. Uh, even though we got Lightyear... I'm wondering if they're going to refocus on Buzz to make up for what they couldn't get out of Lightyear. you know. And so this will be Buzz's story, like Buzz the toy, not Captain Lightyear's story. So it would make more sense to kind of make back some of that money if they can. Uh, but it seems like a lot of time and effort to invest to make good on a film that I thought was was good, right? But to them, it didn't make them mm-hmm. the money that, they were possibly expecting to make out of it. Uh, Frozen, you were right; it was inevitable. You know, it, it was going to happen at some point. Uh, and Zootopia Two—that's uh, an interesting choice to have a sequel for, uh, especially considering uh, how how the undertone of the film was was so political and like racially inclined right i'm wondering how they're going to folk like what they're going to focus the story on for the second one uh to to either keep that going you know or to completely shift away from it you know it it i'm i'm kind of intrigued about a to- about a zootopia 2 just because i'm curious mm-hmm. to see how they're going to handle the story coming out of what i thought was a pretty well structured um you know uh, part 1 so uh as we like to say i guess only time will tell or i guess we shall see
2: mm, yeah only time will tell
1: yeah now the avatar thing i think you're right andrew i think what we're going to end up getting is some kind of experience in one of the theaters possibly in Aventions, because that's the biggest space that we have available that's kind of empty there isn't really a lot there would we like to have seen some kind of Tron thing there? Yes. But yes. <laughs> uh, I guess, like you said, since the, the film is doing so well, it only makes sense for them to do something like this. Uh, what I'm imagining is also very similar, some kind of VR experience where if you think back to the stuff that they were doing uh, with the Void in downtown Disney, I'm thinking that they just bring that experience to interventions they set up a couple of the, what are those dragon things called that they use in Flight of Passage? Ikron? Yeah, sure. Uh, Those things, like they bring a couple of light cycle looking things you sit on, similar to Flight of Passage, but on a smaller scale, and you just kind of have this VR experience, you know, riding through Pandora or something. Or they have multiple of those, and then they can, you know, get more people through. But that, and they'll probably have some of the costumes as well and you know some of the stuff that they use for Avatar 3 and everything on display. So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be some kind of walkthrough thing. I don't think it's going to be an attraction or anything. Definitely some kind of walkthrough exhibit and hopefully some VR experiences where you can kind of fly through Pandora or whatever, turn yourself blue and get a picture of yourself turning blue. You know, like you would at Memento Mori, but turning into a ghost. I don't know. Baba I'm rambling dee, now, baba but it's Avatar, die. so like, whatever. Y'all know how I feel about Avatar, so like, whatever. <laughs> so, interesting question that you brought up earlier, Andrew. If we were going to create our own sequels, if Disney came to us and said, "Hey, look, we're we're hard up for sequels right now." What do you think we should make a sequel for? Uh what would you like to see? Like if you could do one Disney exactly. animated feature sequel and one Pixar sequel, uh which one would you like to see? Well, I mean
2: my my money's on Roger Rabbit 2. I mean, I know it's not a f- full animated feature, but that's you know, I'm going to just put it in there, Roger Rabbit 2. They've de- they've tried to develop it before there's been multiple scripts of uh, Roger Rabbit 2, mostly prequels, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it, it gets some traction every once in a while, but it's uh, very unlikely that that happens. I think we had our spiritual sequel of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, um, but still I would love to see Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2 or whatever they might call that. Um, for Pixar i don't know i i want i think the the best money is probably in the incredibles i think that has the most like potential like superheroes are always prevalent but what i i think i would probably like to see personally most of all would probably be um a bug's life sequel uh, <laughs> mm. i'm a big fan of heimlich i'm a big fan of all of the 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 bugs i think those are a lot of fun characters that have uh, been away for quite a while and who knows what they're up to francis a ladybug and and all those folks so uh, i think uh, roger rabbit and uh a bug's life okay uh, are my my choices
1: there
0: that's cool no, what about you I um okay, so I totally blinked out and didn't hear animation film.
2: <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want. So my head, There's and I no have rules. it written
0: down. I swear, I have it written down. Yeah, it, it may be too soon, but I was like Tron Three. No, that's not gonna happen. So I don't know,
2: <laughs> Jared Leto. Uh,
0: in my own world, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but and so I was going through but I was going through like okay all the all the different animated films this one nope there already has a sequel this one nope it has nope nope i was like almost every single one has a sequel and you know some of the classics I wouldn't want to touch and honestly my mind came to Roger Rabbit because it's The only film that doesn't really have a sequel that actually opens up for another one I mean there's so many possibilities I kid you not I even went through like Silver Age Renaissance I'm like I can't think of anything (laughs) because they've all been done thanks Disney (laughs) this is why we want original stuff (laughs) so my vote is for definitely Roger Rabbit for Pixar again went through and i'm like okay well this is coming up this is our we already have sequels coming up we have that and i'm like well i wouldn't want to see one to coco one is enough um Encanto? maybe too soon um so i was like you know what forget that why not i want to see more of socks from lightyear and socks you know what disney take this no here's the thing disney could take my idea i don't care if it happens it happens but it, this is an opportunity that they could have shorts so why not have it socks shorts haha Interesting. <laughs> it sounds weird but i mean why not like there's like
2: you got forky asked a question yes. and then you got socks shorts. whatever shorts yeah socks sock, shorts yeah, yeah. yeah. I it it like just that. it
0: rolls off the tongue and watch we're gonna yeah. hear it next week, oh yeah, there's gonna be more shorts <laughs> da, 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 da. it's including socks, you never know,
2: <laughs> uh, socks is the breakout character of that is. movie, so it's, seriously, uh,
0: so there you go
2: so what do you what do you think in Hazen
1: oh man you I hate these games because. Like, I can never decide, right? Like, there's there's always so many great options. So, obviously, the first thing I thought was, like, Chicken Little, right? Like, we need a Chicken Little, too. Oh, Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, Zach Homeward Braff. Homeward Bound. Bring him
1: back. You know, Homeward Bound Homeward needs Bound. A, another one, the, but I think it has dog one. dog movie. Yeah. See, socks. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, look, honestly, if when you look back at the animated films, you're right. Like, a lot of the films that you would think – would make sense to have a sequel a lot of them do have sequels like one of the first ones that came to mind was like oh atlantis needs a sequel i was like oh milo's revenge or milo's return Mm -hmm. so so it's hard to really pinpoint like what you would want if i could choose though i would probably say meet the robinsons like i think that was like a nice cute wholesome movie that i think has the potential of having a sequel uh, and I also don't think mm-hmm. the the film got enough love when it was first released, so I feel like that's one of those like lost Disney treasure films that, you know, should get a sequel. Yeah. And that, but if I could choose Polar like a guy. yeah, uh, but if I could choose another one because I had the same problem with like Treasure Planet, right? Like like I did with Atlantis. Treasure Planet itself doesn't have a sequel, but Strange World seems like the spiritual successor of Treasure Planet, so. I, I, I kind of, in my head, it kind of counts like it. Yeah, but there's no treasure and there's no planet. So, I mean, there is treasure and there is a big turtle planet. So, kind of yeah. ish. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> ish. there's I know what no you're saying.
2: no weird dog people. I know what you're saying. No,
1: I know. Uh, and there's no cyborgs. Anyway. So, the only other film that I thought I would probably like genuinely enjoy a sequel to maybe even in the newer style of the animation is Treasure of the Lost Lamp because Treasure of the Lost Lamp was so Indiana Jonesy to me that they did, like, a really great job with the animation. The story was fun to follow. So if they had another adventure similar to that with, like, a, like mimicking another film or something, I think they could do mm-hmm. a really great job with a DuckTales sequel to that, so...
2: Just another Indiana Jones movie, just it's terrible. or yeah. just another one, movie. yeah. Just
1: it's as long like, as it doesn't involve a uh, involve a crystal skull, I think Scrooge is okay. Yeah, um,
2: crystal, uh, crystal femur, <laughs> crystal
1: femur. So yeah, I, I think if I had to, if I had to narrow it down, I would say Meet the Robinsons, and in a close second would be Ducktales, um, and then for for Pixar. Uh, And it's not really Pixar. It's more Disney animation than Pixar. And I'm only saying this because I feel like the teams are kind of meshed together uh, for a lot of this stuff. Um, I went superhero as well, but I would want to see a a successor to Big Hero 6. And the only reason I would want to see Big Hero 6 is because I think there's a lot of potential in the comics. And I always joke about wanting to see Baymax in dragon form. And I think the sequel to uh, Big Hero 6... Could be when uh, Baymax gets upgraded, and now he's got this like dragon thing that he can turn into to you know fight crime and stuff. So um, I know it's not Pixar. Question: I was gonna say, did you just put Big Hero Six as
2: a Pixar movie? No, that's why I'm saying.
1: That's why I'm saying that I'm I'm (laughs) more like it's not necessarily Pixar. It's kind of more in the 3D space for Disney animation because a lot of the Pixar films. Have are great on their own, right? Like, like would I want to see a Wally two? I don't know. Wally one was kind of perfect. Like, why would I want to see, you know, a Wally two where they could ruin it? Up, like, what are you gonna see? We have Doug days. What are you gonna see? Carl at mm-hmm. the retirement home. Like, these could be prequels too. There's, there's oh, they, no, okay. there's no rules. It okay. could okay. be prequels.
0: Mm.
2: You could. You could okay. have. Hmm. hmm. Now you change the game. But that would
0: be rough. It's
2: hmm. just a. It's a another film in the story. Hmm. Come on. You could have. I've looked up. Uh, oh, yeah. There, there you go. There goes the gears. Hmm. <laughs> Cars point five. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Mater's tail.
1: Are we? Are we already getting an Inside Out two? Like, has that been confirmed?
2: Yes. Yeah. that's yes. That's hundred percent confirmed hmm. and only half the voice cast is coming back and it's
1: weird.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: I think we talked about it on the show. <laughs> right. Okay, then if that's gonna be the case uh do the see... movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Coco was kind of perfect because you got a prequel within it because they told you the story. Um I'm I'm oh I'm gonna go with Onward i Ooh. I think That's I good. think the the brothers the way that they reconciled the oh man am I giving away the film um okay, it came out like three years ago <laughs> I it, 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 okay, yeah, I won't ruin it, it for save. people that haven't seen it, but in the way that onward ends, I think sets it up really well for them to go on another adventure together, so yeah. um, mm-hmm. yeah, if I could choose a Pixar film that doesn't yet have a sequel or isn't planned, I would say I would like to see one to Onward. Cool.
2: That is a Pixar movie. I will accept it.
1: Sorry for going Disney animation, even though I really want to see a Big Hero 6 Uh, sequel. Well, that could be your pick. Like, you
2: just picked three movies that were Disney movies that you wanted. I picked, like, seven. (laughs) That's why I hate Man, it's so hard it's so hard. I can't think of anything, but I picked
1: these seven. <laughs> no, I said I didn't say that I can't pick. I said I can't narrow it down to a single pick. That's okay. You know what? <laughs> it's fine. How
2: about this? Squatch your tears uh, out there. You let us know what your sequel wants to be. What do you want to see as a sequel? Yes. Let us know. Hit us up on Discord uh, and all that whatever Hazen says stuff.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh all right, well, I think it's time to round out this episode uh with another segment of great moments with mr. Andrew Andrew take it away
2: four score and seven I'm not gonna do this every time I'm just gonna start. <laughs> And a time when Bernie 19 anyway the, the, this, uh, the years this week are 1935 and 1936. Um, so we'll just jump right in 1935. Uh, we finally complete. Walt's full uh i guess set you would call it of the nine old men uh we hired the last the three uh, remaining uh people that would become white uh, white would become Walt's uh nine old men ollie johnson john lounsbury and mark davis all joined the company in 1935 uh so that's they're they're the last three we got them they're not called the nine old men yet They're fairly young at this point. We got a little ways to go before uh, getting the nicknames, but they're here nonetheless. Also, Disney legends Carl Barks and Ken O'Connor are brought aboard the company. Um, All of these uh, people are uh, thanks in part to Walt uh, giving the okay to Don Graham to hire 300 animators to work at the company, uh, mostly to... you know bolster those numbers for uh working on snow white and all their shorts and everything that's a you know growing time because this snow white is becoming an ever-growing and increasingly uh, large project for the company but we do have a first and last for mickey mouse in 1935 the last black and white mickey short mickey's kangaroo is released and the first Technicolor Mickey short, the Band Concert, is also released in 1935. Um, it's interesting because the Band Concert was released before Mickey's Kangaroo. Uh, the Band Concert was released in February, but the last black and white one was released uh, in April. So it was kind of weird scheduling with that. Hmm. Um, uh, another interesting thing: the uh, Mickey Mouse hand car produced by Lionel uh, this year sells 250 thousand units in four months um and it goes on in the next three years to sell over a million and it goes on to save the lionel company from bankruptcy this the mickey mouse hand car um i think they're actually uh there's a replica for the disney 100 celebration of this uh hand car so uh keep an eye out for that um there are many shorts released this year, uh, but one was uh, pretty poorly received. It's called "The Golden Touch," which is based on King Midas. Um, it was uh, such a uh, it was like it was a failure. It was very poorly responded to, so it was pulled from distribution. And so, thinking he could show his directors a thing or two, this was the first uh, thing Walt had directed in five years. Like, himself, personally. And uh, it didn't go so well, so uh, I think he took a step back from directing after this. Um, you can find the short, uh, The Golden Touch, online. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's not horrible, but it's, yeah, I can, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, uh, some uh, awards and recognitions from 1935 include uh, The Silly Symphony, The Tortoise and the Hare, uh, wins an Oscar. Um, The League of Nations presents Walt with a special medal uh, in recognition that Mickey Mouse is a symbol of universal goodwill and uh, as goodwill (laughs) and uh, Goodyear Rubber Company produces a 50 foot tall Mickey balloon for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They also create balloons of Pluto, the Big Bad Wolf and a pig from The Three Little Pigs. Um, By the end of the year, the company had released a combined 18 shorts between Mickey Mouse and the Silly Symphonies. 1936 uh, kind of a real cut and dry year they're working hard on Snow White this is the company's like main focus Uh, so nothing too terribly exciting happens there's seven Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is taking most of their attention Uh, they're still winning awards though the Silly Symphony the Three Orphan Kittens uh, wins an Oscar that year Um, In Walt's personal life uh, him and his wife Lillian adopt their daughter Sharon And by the end of the year, the company had released 17 shorts between Mickey and Silly Symphonies. So uh, there's your years, uh, 1935 and
1: 1936. That is awesome. You know, one of the most incredible pieces of trivia that I ever learned about Snow White is that adjusted for inflation, in today's money, Snow White has grossed over 2 billion dollars or would have grossed over 2 billion dollars. So I think it re- it it holds the title of the highest grossing film ever for the Disney company. I mean it was their their first, you know, color animated film, the first animated film, all that stuff. And to think that they didn't have things like computers to help them put it together like it was 32 animators and hundreds of artists and colorists and thousands of assistants you know that helped put it all together and you know look how iconic it is today but I kept thinking about that two billion dollars like even Marvel's like oh really two billion dollars awesome like wow you know like (laughs) chomping at the bit to to hit those numbers again but it's 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 insane to me like how much money that that film made you know when it was first released
2: well it's like so i I'm, I'm looking up the numbers so the let's say take the Avengers because here's one of the the um ones on the list that I can look at Avengers uh sold approximately seventy six million tickets uh Snow White and the seven dwarves a hundred and nine million tickets Wow. So That's adjusted crazy. for inflation, Snow White is the 10th uh, highest grossing movie of all time. Titanic is still number five. So <laughs> Titanic is up there. But it, well. did beat, it does beat out Avatar.
1: <laughs> well, Titanic
2: yeah. uh, sold 135 million tickets.
1: OK. As long as it, it's beating Avatar, as long as something's beating Avatar, we're good.
2: <laughs> Avatar's number 15 adjusted for inflation. Yeah.
1: Take that, Avatar.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, 101 Dalmatians <laughs> is number 12 also beating Avatar. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Way to go puppies. Yeah. That's right. Disney owns 1 2 Uh I don't know some of these might be fox. Uh 3 4 Disney owns it. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know does Disney own the Exorcist? I don't know if that's a fox or not, but that's number 9. Oh, interesting. Let me see. <laughs> The Sound of Music is number three. So here's the list for you. Why don't we go over this? Sure. Uh, Real quick. Top ten. Gone with the Wind. Star Wars. A New Hope. Sound of Music. E.T. Titanic. The Ten Commandments. Jaws. Dr. Zhivago. The Exorcist. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Those are the top ten. Wow. Uh, So so Exorcist is is
1: Warner (laughs) Brothers.
2: Okay. So no, that's on. That's a.
1: WBD plus yeah or whatever it's gonna be now that's a James Gunn
2: thing now yeah who knows yeah Exorcist beats uh, the Flash but anyway (laughs) so yeah we'll learn more about uh, Snow White uh, next week next week's 1937 that's uh, that's the year for Snow White so we'll learn about Snow White so
1: (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned so that's it I think that's a perfect place to end this episode again we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the things that we talked about join us over on discord if you haven't yet joined the community again podcuteers.com slash links is where you will find uh, an invite to discord a link to the FGP squad page our latest episodes a a Quizneyland playlist uh, links to our YouTube channel links to Larry's YouTube channel all sorts of good stuff so that's it until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone.
0: Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcasters Network.